Hey guys, welcome back to a new year, a new decade here on Simply Put. I am so excited, maybe expectant for all that is to come in 2020. And so over the last few weeks, I've just been kind of spending some time thinking about, okay, what went right, what went wrong, and what direction do we want to take this? Um, and I'm really excited about just what I believe God is speaking into me, but also what He's asking me to deliver to you. And so over this next season, we are going to be looking at different stories in the Bible that we almost assume the narrative and really breaking it down and looking at, okay, why is this happening and what is happening? And so I'm praying that these episodes will kind of give you a glimpse into not just the character of God, but also the character of Jesus and that we can begin to really understand who he is, why he sent his son to die for us and all that's entailed with uh, loving him and following him. So with all that being said, I'm super pumped to dive in. Thanks for hanging out today. I love you guys. Let's do this. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, guys, here we go. Season two, episode number one today. We are going to be talking about just a detail of Abraham's story that I find so fascinating. And so you might know Abraham. He's got a song written about him. Father Abraham had many sons. Do, do. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. Boop, boop. Okay. So that's the song of Abraham. Okay. So Abraham is the father of many nations. He um, was this man that did not get pregnant. Well, he wasn't pregnant. Let's rewind. His wife didn't get pregnant until she was 99 years old. But it had been a while that God had promised Abraham he was going to have a son. I mean, check this. Genesis 15. It says, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, Oh, Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness because of faith. So, so here's, here's what happens, right? So Abraham uh, is like, God, no offense, but 
I, I get that you love me, but you won't even give me a son. Like there, I feel no love, Lord. And God promises him a son. And so what Abraham does is like many of us would do is he takes it into his own hands because Abraham is getting old and God is not coming through. So him and his wife, Sarah, devise a plan. Um, We are going to have you sleep with Hagar, our servant, and that's how we will get a son. But this wasn't God's plan. And so um, Hagar has Ishmael. So Ishmael's dad is Abram, his his mother is Hagar, and um, Sarah is still in the picture, okay? So then if we pick up in chapter 17, starting in verse 15, it says, Then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. So here's what's happening. Sarah. Abraham, they're very old. God is making them a promise. You are about to have a baby, but they are very old. So pick up in verse 17, chapter 17 of Genesis. It says, then Abram bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100? And how could Sarah have a baby? She's 90 years old. So Abram said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. Remember, that's, that's the son Abraham had with the servant. And God replied, no, Sarah, your wife will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. So that's just the backstory. I wanted to give you kind of an overarching picture of who Abraham is and how Isaac got into the picture. Because today we are going to be looking at this little detail of Isaac's life, which is how he got his wife. And this story is so fascinating to me. So it's found in Genesis 24. And here's what happened is Abraham didn't want Isaac marrying a local Canaanite woman. And so one day he sends for his oldest servant and he's like, oldest servant, look here. Um, I need you to make sure my son does not marry any of these local girls. And uh, he tells the servant something. He says, you know, instead, go to my homeland, to my relatives and find a wife there for my son, Isaac. And the servant again responds, Like so many of us would when we're kind of taxed with just a a task that seems impossible. He says, um, okay, uh, Abraham, but what if I can't find a young woman who's willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? I mean, like, end quote, this seems like practical advice. Abraham, okay, you don't want him to marry a local, but what if I go there? And what if there's a girl that is just balling, but she's not going to leave her family? What do you want me to do? And he's like, no, that is not the plan. She's got to come back here. They've got to live here, but he cannot marry a woman from here. I mean, it's just a really, it's a really weird scenario that's playing out here. And 
And Abraham is really serious about this. He's like, you cannot take Isaac there. He cannot like marry a woman from here. I've got to find him a wife from there that will come here because he can't go there. And, and here's what Abraham responds to his oldest servant. He says, God will send an angel ahead of you and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. And so the oldest servant accepts and he sets out on this journey to find Isaac's wife. And he finally gets to Abraham's brother. So Abraham's brother is still in their hometown. And he finally gets to Abraham's brother, Nahor. Okay, so that's what's, that's what's happening here. And it says in Genesis uh, chapter 24, starting in verse 11, it says, He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. Okay, but this is where the story picks up. And really, this is the essence of today's podcast, because here's what um, the oldest servant, this is what he prays next. Verse 12, O Lord God, if my master Abraham, he prayed, see, I am standing here beside the spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, verse 15, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebecca went down to the spring and filled her jug and came up again, running over to her. The servant said, please. Give me a little drink from your water jug. Remember, that's what he asked God for. He says, please give me a little drink from your water jug. She says, yes, my Lord. She answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering through and ran back to the well to draw water for all the camels. The servant watched in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in this mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrist. And so what happens at the end of that story is this is exactly what Abraham's servant set out to find. I mean, verbatim. And so um, he meets Rebecca's family. He unloads to Rebecca's family his prayer, what happened, why she has to come with him. And ultimately, after a little bit of debate on how long Rebecca could stay with them, um, Rebecca ends up going. But here's where I want to focus on for the rest of the podcast, because what I love about this narrative that we so often look over is when we expect big things from God, God shows up. And we see it in this story because Abraham's oldest servant is praying 
so, so specifically about, you know, God, I, I need you to come through in this way. And, and God does. And I think that, I don't think I know that this is one of the most fascinating details about God's character that we so often overlook is he is still in like the prayer answering business. God has not changed his job description. God has not decided to take a week off. God has not decided, I'm just gonna not, not run the world for a few days. Like he is still in the prayer answering business, which is why prayer is so important in our personal lives. And um, you know, it's, it's this moment where we get to make our requests clear to God and then listen for him to speak life into just the strangest situations. And, um, you know, I, I really, truly believe that we really don't pray specifically, at least for two reasons. The first is we think we already know how it's going to end. And the second is because we don't actually believe that God will do it. I mean, if you think about it, how many times do we rewrite or write the ending to a story that God hasn't had the chance to speak into yet? And this is where this piece comes into um, just such an important role, I think, because we have to stop writing the ending for other people's stories. We have to stop writing the ending for our own stories. And we have to start believing that God is still in the prayer answering business. And, you know, I, I have this story in my own life. And um, if you've spent any time with me, you you know the moose story. I've told you the moose story. But for podcast sake, we're going to tell it again. So here's what happened. It was uh, September of 2019, and I was getting ready to go on a women's retreat to Breckenridge, Colorado called The Destiny Project. And prior to leaving, my friend Bree stopped me after yoga, and she's like, hey, you got to pray a big, specific prayer and then expect God to move. And I was like, all right, I could do that. I, I could do that. And so I took off the next day. And I, I hadn't really come up with a prayer, you know, like I didn't have a high expectation. There wasn't anything major I was expecting God to do during that time. But I landed and I was like, you know, God, here's the deal. I never seen a moose before. So, Lord, if uh, if you want, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray big and specific. Lord, I would like to see a moose. And so I start declaring this like, crazy. Okay. With 15 women that I do not know. And, and I, I love this because, you know, the conversation that, um, that Friday night was, was not about God is going to do this. We were actually talking about different places that the moose were and how there weren't really moose by our cabin. But if we drove down a little bit to the streams, there is water and moose were often found there. And there was just something in my spirit that was like, this is not hard for God. This is the easiest thing I can ask him to do. Like he made these animals. Surely he can put a moose on my path. This is not hard. And I was really firm on that. I was like, I appreciate this guys, but I'm, I'm really confident God is going to do this. So I wake up, um, that Friday morning. So that happened on a Thursday and I wake up on Friday morning and no moose. And I'm like, well, what the heck, God? You know, like I prayed. I don't, I don't get it. 
But then, I don't know, something in me just like revved up. I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to get more specific. So I said, all right, God, deal or no deal. This is not how you should work with God, by the way. But this is how my brain functions with the Lord. So I said, all right, God, deal or no deal. Um, I I would really love to see a moose in the hot tub tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m. That's my prayer. It's big. It's specific, God. If you move, I don't even know. And I wasn't even saying if you move. I was like, God, you're going to move. And I can't wait to see it. And so I woke up the next morning. It's Saturday morning. And I mean, like, I'm believing this with all of my might. I go outside for my quiet time to have some coffee. And I can hear some rumbling in the distance. And I'm like, oh, Lord, I bet that's my moose, you know. And uh, I, I put my swimsuit on. I go into the hot tub. Now, mind you. This is like 6.30, it's still a little dark, and I'll be very, very honest. I wasn't even looking. I was not. I was having a conversation with God because he had just moved me back to Zion, and I was not happy. I was really struggling. Uh, I didn't want to be here. I was so mad at him. I'm like, I don't know why you would move me from comfort to the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Why, why, why do you not like me, God? Like, what is it about me that you think this is appropriate? So that's the conversation I'm having. And I lean my elbows over the edge of the hot tub. And in front of me is a full rack moose with like 85 million antlers. And I just, I froze because what else do you do in a hot tub with a moose that you prayed for? And so I start sinking in the water. I'm trying to signal to someone inside, uh, you know, get a picture. It, it was just this very uncomfortable moment because nothing, it really like clicked in my brain of what do I do when God shows up? How do I handle this? And, um, And I love this story for so many reasons. The first reason I love this story is I think it just shows this, um, this stance we have to be willing to take because the truth of the matter is, is that no matter what big, crazy, specific prayers that you're declaring over your life, there's always going to be someone or something that says there's an easier way. You don't have to wait for God to move. Um, I mean, that's what Abraham did with his servant. Um, that's how they got Ishmael. You know, there's this thing in us that says, I could get this done quicker. But friend, can I just tell you, there is something so sweet and so exhilarating about watching God move. I mean, this is who he is. Story after story after story in the Bible, there is this narrative of an almighty God that does the most outrageous things that comes in the most unexpected ways to prove how much he loves you and how clearly he hears you. And we have a choice. We can choose to kind of disregard that or we can choose to put our faith in that. And, you know, I wonder if Abraham responded the way he did because he had already doubted that God would come through before. I mean, he had Ishmael. And so he had already taken matters into his own hands. And so his oldest servant's response was kind of a lot like his. But what if that doesn't happen, God? But what if you don't come through? And so today, I just want to challenge you. But what if he does? You know, like, what if the things you're praying for are big, specific prayers that God 
absolutely intends to answer. And when we take it into our own hands, when we when we shorten the stick or, you know, we um, we dumb down our prayers, we really kind of rob God of this opportunity to move in a miraculous way. And the last thing I'll say on this is, you know, when we're generic, when we're just praying for healing, but we don't say what kind, or we're just praying for breakthrough, but we don't know what it looks like, we can really miss God's power in the midst of um, that promise coming to fruition. And so the crazy thing about really large, specific prayers is that when it does happen, you know it's God. There's no doubt in your mind. There's nothing you can say to... um, Make it otherwise. I mean, it's so specific. It's so large. That can only be the hand of God at work. So today, this year, this week, this decade, I just want to challenge you guys. You know, come up with one to three things that you're just going to start praying. You know what, God? This is big. This is real. But this is what I'm believing you for. And and breathe life into that over and over and over again. Start speaking it into existence and Don't doubt the fact that um, he will move. I promise that. So I hope this episode was um, helpful. And I really, really hope that um, just this new season, this new decade, this new year, we can just begin to really understand the narrative of the Bible and the stories of God for what they really are. I love you guys. I hope you have an awesome, awesome day. That's it. Go do amazing things and pray those big prayers. I love you. See you later.